0: On this episode of Your Asian Best Friends, Bernard gets his first tattoo. Plus, me and Taylor react to an insane Twitter thread about how to eat Asian food. I'm Taylor. And I'm Bernard. And we are your Asian best friends. Who? <laughs> I didn't want to say, okay.
1: So uh you told me it's <laughs> you told me uh a while ago that you i don't know if you want me to say this but <laughs> <on the show>. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but you you can delete it if you want uh-huh. you told me that you feel uncomfortable sometimes drop like being at school or a playground like around <laughs> oh like yeah, dropping kids yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff. for sure for sure so what well first of all I- explain like what why you're uncomfortable in those situations
0: honestly i think it's just uh being a Brown person in any like white space, like it's less funny, I guess. But like, I just always feel like I look suspicious. Um, oh, that's, that was it. Yeah yeah. 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 Um, even though I'm not doing anything, but like, I definitely feel like eyes are always on me. Um, and I, I think part of it's just like paranoia, but I think part of it just comes from like external signals that you get throughout your life for sure. But yeah, I, I, Don't feel comfortable. Um, If I don't know like the area or if I haven't built relationships yet or whatever, like I don't. Like
1: if you're not talking to someone. Right. Then you feel like you look suspicious.
0: Yes, definitely.
1: I never felt that way until you said that to me. (laughs) And now you feel suspicious So listen, (laughs) so so I would start dropping my kids and my son, my oldest son Uh is in kindergarten now. And I drop him off or I was dropping him off. Right. And then you had told me this yeah so uh you just started it's fall right so he's uh-huh. just been there for a while and i was dropping him off i started feeling that way kind of because uh-huh. i don't know anybody he's in right. kindergarten i don't yeah. know these other parents and then uh, that, but that was fine you know i can yeah. deal with a little awkwardness but then so my son uh he's on the spectrum mm-hmm. and he's been having trouble transitioning because they put him in gen ed kindergarten right so so socially he's been he's been doing well academically socially he's been struggling so they set this up so I can accompany him in class for an hour a day. Mm-hmm. So I'm in there every morning for an hour. Yeah. And like, okay, a couple things that that I have that th- that para- same paranoia that you have. I totally yeah. have that because I'm in there now with the yeah. kids, kids and and all the other teachers are looking at me like, who the right. fuck? Is that? <laughs> right, 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 I look. Right. I feel like I look insanely suspicious. Right. Exactly. And then, so. Me and Taylor, like we grew up together, right? We were in school, when we were kids. Mm-hmm. I wasn't the best student, right? right. Yeah, especially in high school. I, yeah, culinary school I did very well, but that was the my type of school, <laughs> right? Not act like I don't know what are the common core like, um,
0: like gen ed or gen ed stuff. Mm-hmm. You
1: know, I, just the environment wasn't for me. Yeah. I don't think I'm a very social person. Um, but I didn't do well in school, and that's on me. But being, I haven't been in a classroom in 15 years, Mm. over 15 years. Going to my son's class, and they had that clock, that same fucking clock that every classroom has. PTSD. Oh, yeah? Because I remember being in class and being miserable and just staring at that clock, that same goddamn clock. And I'm like, oh, I'll close my eyes and open it, (laughs) it'll be five minutes later. And like 30 seconds have passed.
0: Yeah, no, definitely.
1: So I'm I'm struggling with that because I have PTSD. But then also... Because I've been coming into class every day, I become kind of like a de facto aide. Mm. And so nice. sometimes I, you know, help the other kids. Yeah. And they all know me. I know them, right? And then so I was, I, as I alluded to, I didn't really, I wasn't good at paying attention in class. I was kind mm. of a class clown. So I'm supposed to, I'm the de facto (laughs) aide. I'm supposed to be keeping these kids in line. (laughs) Sometimes the troublemaker kids, (laughs) they'll they'll like be like, you know, like do something like Uh crazy. And I'm supposed to like calm them down. Uh But most of the time my initial reaction is like,
0: Of course,
1: (laughs) they they were telling like uh, knock knock jokes and stuff, Uh and I'm like, "Eh," and I'm supposed to be telling them to shut the fuck up, (laughs) right? right. So it's very uncomfortable for me every day, (laughs) every day in my son's class. So we got some Asians in the news. It's normal Asians in, in the news this week asians in the news
0: why can't Actual i say asians. that actually not little
1: Asians. i don't yeah, know why no. was last week or last episode little asians why did we say that because
0: it was like just a little little nibbles
1: of news okay yeah okay well i got some more nibbles here mm-hmm. um well this one's a bummer i'm not gonna say 10 <laughs> <laughs> dead <laughs> 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 okay asians in the news um there's like a stereotype about Asians that I think we're all familiar with that we're the model minority and that we're like, we like do well mm-hmm. in in this society yeah. financially. Yeah. yeah. Well, studies come out <laughs> to show, and I love this study. So what this study has done is it's broken down different Asian American communities. Oh, that's good. And shown their poverty rate mm. to disprove the, the right. myth <laughs> That Asians are, like, living large like the white people. Right. In general. Of course, there are lots of poor white people, but mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. Um, so, I think this is this is really interesting. So, 24.3% of Burmese Americans are living in poverty.
0: Yeah, that makes sense.
1: 24.3%. Yeah. That's awful. 18.1% of Bangladeshi Americans in poverty. Crazy number. Mm-hmm. Um, 14% of Hmong Americans are in poverty Laotian 14% Nepalese 13.8% Chinese Americans 12.9% golly I mean it completely shatters the 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 stereotype yeah that's like one of the most damaging stereotypes right
0: oh yeah for sure I mean because it it's not only damaging to us as a community but it I think it pits us against all the other minorities Like the idea of model minority is literally us compared to every other minority. (laughs) (laughs) Like there's nobody else lumped into the model minority myth, right? It's just, it's just us. That's a great point. uh, So yeah, it creates a ton of tension and a ton of lies about how our lives actually are.
1: Yeah. And it, it also, I think one of the more dangerous aspects of that stereotype is that you know a lot of asians believe it yeah and it misleads all of us into thinking that it's almost like a post-racism you know um a, a sentiment that like no asians are doing great they're not you know they're they're not the minority we need to focus on here right they're doing fine they're yeah. rich they're crazy rich asians right Really damaging, I think. And I I didn't know to the extent that that our different communities were
0: in poverty. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it does make sense, though, like the list that you were running down. Like, gosh, so many like war-torn countries in that list and um, refugees and coming to the United States and under um, traumatic circumstances, you know. It's not shocking to me that so many of us are living in poverty, but hopefully it goes beyond. I mean, hopefully it is able to kind of cut through the noise of our culture, but I think it'd be even more shocking if people took this as, uh, the death of the model minority.
1: Yeah. It's troubling. I I'm kind of troubled by this. Yeah. Because it's like, uh, you know, every community faces great obstacles in this country, societally and culturally, But I feel like and they're all complex, but I feel like uh, Asian Americans in particular, when you talk about nuance and complexity of how to unravel the the racism that's going on, you can actually convince like liberals that Asians are doing fine.
0: Oh, yeah. I I think liberals are the first ones to be convinced. Right. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That's really scary. <laughs> yeah. Right? Because, yeah. like, everyone's pretty aware that that black people get dealt a shorthand in so many ways, yeah. uh, and that's great, that way I've said so that awareness. <laughs> but
0: but we, we don't do anything about it. We don't do it. You just don't do anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we see you. We see yeah. you. <laughs> I think if
1: you ask the average American if racism against black people exists, they'd probably say, yeah. I would hope so. Even racists would say that. Yeah. You know, a lot of them. But with Asians, I think a lot of... Asians and liberals would say no like Asians are doing fine and that's what's so scary to me It's troubling.
0: Yeah, totally. I mean going back to our conversation of why I feel uncomfortable at a school by myself Like it's not Mm. from no experience. I've been told. I don't belong in places before I've been looked at suspiciously before Um, and I Know that there's nothing else that somebody can judge me by except for the way I look. That's so yeah. That's all they they get. That's all they get. You know, like I'm not acting erratically or anything. I'm just <laughs> standing. <laughs> You're just standing Like, what? <laughs> why does everyone always tell me to leave these places? You're like, what are binoculars illegal? Or? <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, it's, uh, you know. I don't know. It's, it's really frustrating. Um, but I mean, you see pushback even now with like, just like you said, uh, people would admit that racism exists against black people, but like, I don't even know if that's true anymore because there's so much pushback on, um, you know, the curriculum in schools that tries to sh- shed a light yeah. on, on critical our, race theory. Yeah. Critical yeah. race theory and our treatment of, Uh, black people in this country um, and saying that it no longer exists and that they're not racist. Their kids aren't racist. But I think part of that is, you know, nuance. It's like, it might not look like the racism that you see on TV. It might not be as blatant and um, in your face or even violent or even violent, but it exists and everybody has it to some extent. It's just, where are you on that spectrum?
1: Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I thought it was important to, to mention that because I, I'm, I'm actually like embarrassed to admit that I didn't know that the poverty rates for these communities were so high. Yeah. I really had no idea. I guess I'm not going to be too hard on myself on that one. Yeah. You know, I've, <laughs> you know how would I know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's now that I know it is troubling and, um, I hope that, that more people raise their awareness yeah. uh, to this yeah. issue. Yeah, to this, to this perception, you know, it's, it's so complex. Um, two more bits that I have to apologize don't involve Asians.
0: <laughs> you said this was actual Asians in the news this time. Yeah, I lied. <laughs>
1: it's, not, it, it's not actual Asians. Two more. One is a Bernard's bummer. Uh-oh. It's, a, it's not a big bummer. It's a little uh-huh. bummer. But first of all, I have to mention, uh, at the time of this recording, this week uh, is the season premiere of SNL.
0: It is, yeah.
1: And the first musical guest is Mr. Kendrick Lamar.
0: It is, yeah.
1: I'm so stoked.
0: That's going to be dope.
1: Because it's one thing for him to put out an album as incredible as um, Mr. Morale and Big Steppers. Mm-hmm. Everything. We've, we had a whole episode on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we love this album. It is great. It, it affected a lot of people's lives, but now he's going to play it for white people. Yeah. On a really popular show. I wonder what songs he's going to play.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> it's
1: it's really thrilling, actually. I am mean, actually excited to yeah. see what he does here.
0: Yeah. No, definitely. It kind of reminds me of, uh, the anticipation that I had, uh, right when Trump was elected and Dave Chappelle was the mm. first guest to do the opening monologue. That was
1: really weird. I remember that.
0: And, uh, it was incredible, like uh, you would ex- you would expect it to be. Um, and curious to see what what Kendrick does, because yeah. I mean, obviously his his um, album was huge, but he hasn't really been. Um, I mean, he's got that big, huge tour, but like yeah. it doesn't seem like he's like. On these mainstream channels, this this time around, how are you
1: gonna put this music on those mainstream channels? Yeah, it's so. just
0: hard because that album, I mean, it's heavy. Yeah. So it's going to be really cool to see what he what he does.
1: Fuck, yeah, I can't wait to see. And by the time, by the way, by the time you guys are listening to this, this has already happened. This has already <laughs> and, happened. Uh, wasn't, we'll probably, wasn't it great? <laughs> yeah, wasn't we <it? laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, trying to bullshit our? So, so you guys see that Kendrick Lamar so, you know, winds up not even playing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, yeah, uh, we'll discuss it again. We'll we'll review the uh, react yeah. to the performances. Yes, next episode. I, I this is important to me. I, I love man that album yeah man that the more i listen to it the the more i understand it and the deeper i've i I embed myself in that world how have we not seen him live yet i missed him this past (laughs) i missed him this past go around he was here a couple weeks ago yeah and i'm i i'm just too old and sleepy i I don't (laughs) i used to go to hip-hop shows more often and like punk shows and stuff i can't i can't (laughs) i can't go man
0: yeah it's also so big. Yeah, once you get to that scale, it's it's exhausting just getting to. You the gotta venue. drive <laughs> out of there afterward. Like <laughs> then you have to wait to get out of the venue. Yeah, you know, um, I I just got tired.
1: So excited for Kendrick's performance. Yeah, and we'll talk about that next time. But now Bernard's bummer. Bernard's
0: bummer. <whop> that's a theme song that's a theme song (laughs) that was very good very good committed to that
1: one i appreciate it
0: (laughs) uh do how do you feel about taylor swift uh i couldn't do not have an i do not have an opinion (laughs) like like, i neither (laughs) i neither uh uh Love her or loathe her. It's just, I'm smack Aware, down. you're aware I'm she's I'm aware there. that she exists. I don't have any, th- there's nothing beyond that. I mean, I've listened to her music, but like, it's like in one ear out the other.
1: I'm almost right there with you. Yeah. I'm pretty ambivalent and like ignorant to her yeah. stuff. I listened, my wife really loves her music. So I've listened to um, most of her albums, at least yeah. once through. And they're like pretty good, but I there's like some hangups I had. Like, I don't, I, it's not that I don't like her voice. I just don't like the way she sings. Mm-hmm. It's almost this like really straightforward, like plain spoken way. of. That's almost like, I get it. She's a pop star mm-hmm. and it, it really comes, it reaches across the room. If it's on a radio- you're going to hear her voice and what she's saying. And it's going to grab your ear but it it just sounds so annoying to me, like mm-hmm. her voice, the way she sings things. But I, I could get over it, maybe. She had one of one of the guys from the Nationals been producing her stuff, or one of the twins, right, or whatever. one of the twins. Yeah, and those albums were okay. But anyways, my bummer mm-hmm. is that she has a new album coming out. Um, that she, she says that she wrote a uh, majority of the album late at night. Mm-hmm. So what she's done is—I don't even know the name of that. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the name. It's something to do with midnight. Uh-huh. But, uh huh. But it's coming out in October, and in the lead up to the release, on given nights at midnight, East Coast time or whatever, mm-hmm. she releases the name of a track on the album. Oh. And all these it's a, there's a fervor, right. all these people like waiting for her to Taylor. Why would I'm a big fan of lots of things. Yeah. Why would you wait up wait up to to see
0: a a track's title unveiled? I don't know. What is that? I mean, I think it's kind of dope that she has that much f- <laughs> Like, that many fanatics that are that stoked to see her title. You're right. You got to (laughs) respect that. (laughs) I'm like, these people
1: are fucking going
0: crazy. Yeah. They're going crazy. Yeah. I mean, she's working it, right? So, I don't know. All the power to her. (laughs) I I, don't know many people that could do that. Maybe Beyonce could do that. Um,
1: A title? I. It's like, it's, it's not that I... I understand like the fans and I understand her branding. Like, it's like, she's doing a good job, mm-hmm. but just the concept to me, I think, I think I have to yeah. take issue with because it's like, it'd make more sense to me if she actually released the track at midnight, right? Like yeah. w- one track at a time leading up to the album. She's just releasing like words. Yeah. <laughs> Not even lyrics, just like the title of the song. Yeah. yeah one, of them, cool. uh, one of them, one of them, a funny name. It was like, uh, it had shit in it or something <laughs> or something. It was just like, that's what you, <laughs> the profanity in it. Is she getting any publicity from this? Tons. Tons. Mm-hmm. Everything she does. I mean, she, you know, yeah. Step on some gum and it'll be like uh, yeah. shock horror news.
0: Wow. Interesting. Isn't that weird? Yeah, it is weird. But I didn't it, even know that kind of fandom still existed. I mean, that's something that's, like Michael could have done that shit. Yeah. No, that
1: that actually that's a testament to her her power as a pop star, I think. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Every few weeks yeah. wait till midnight and then I'll tell you one one track name. Crazy. Yeah. BTS is up there, I'd say. They're get they're getting like mega stardom now. Yeah. I mean clearly in Korea. <laughs> yeah. But even in the US now, there's people going fucking nuts for them. Yeah. Black Pink, I I listen to Black Pink. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I never heard Blackpink. I saw them perform on some award show. They're pretty good. Nice. Easier to keep track of them because there's only four.
0: Mm, yeah, I can't keep track of BTS. How and many? It feels are a little <laughs> racist, honestly.
1: <laughs> they don't. They don't look the same, but they do look the same.
0: Well, and they all have like the angel face. They're they very pretty. Very, yeah, they look angelic. There's like nine of them. Yeah,
1: there's a lot of them. And people know each of them intimately. Like like they know the intimate details of their lives and stuff. It's nuts, man. It is pretty nuts, but I guess that's just the world we live in and I'm feeling old now.
0: Yeah. No, for sure. For sure.
1: Okay. Now let's get into something that you brought to my attention. Um a few weeks ago. I'm sorry, Taylor, I forgot, but <laughs> We planned to we planned to cover this on uh, like an episode ago or two oh, yeah. episodes ago, you were
0: super tired last time you came over. Yeah, that was, I was. I was. What happened? What, I didn't get my. That wasn't appendix. Yeah, <laughs> no, you're just very sleepy. It I was cut a long out week. like 45 minutes of ah, yeah, pauses. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't even like words. It was just okay. And then uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like very good edits last episode. <laughs> Very good edits. By the way, let's mention our
1: our new art. Oh yeah, we've got new art from the talented Boo family. Yes, from my from from my family. <laughs> um, my cousin Justin, he's very talented. Uh, thank you, just for for the art. We love it, and uh, it looks so much better than, <laughs> than yeah. our old art. It really does. Yeah, and then I've got you know more Boo fam. Uh, the our our wonderful song, our wonderful mm-hmm. theme song for the podcast.
0: Brum, 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 brum. It's so good. We got to see him live someday just so we can stand up and, you know. Dude, anytime. Everyone will know us. Wave our hands. Like, yep, it's us. We're here.
1: <laughs> These are the guys who did the theme song <laughs> from Eurasian Best Friends. They're
0: going to start putting it on flyers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, just market that shit. You know, milk it. <laughs>
1: but uh, yeah, my cousin Mike and his band Secret Sidewalk. Uh, it's a family affair here at Eurasian Best Friends. It is. Um, but we've got. Anyways, we've got this really interesting story here. Um, can't wait. So oh, wait, I told you about this story. You told me about
0: it. <laughs> but now I, I've forgotten it, so now I can't wait to hear about it again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so San Francisco Chronicle um, restaurant critic, Solejo, that's her title, right? Restaurant critic?
0: Yeah, yeah. She's Solejo, she's
1: wonderful. She's the best. I love her work. Um, she reacted, she wrote a, an op-ed reacting to um, a chain of, uh, a tweet thread mm-hmm. by a business journalist named Ellen Chang. <laughs> yeah. So she, Ellen Chang made a tweet thread called, um, it wasn't called this, but it's basically how to eat Asian food. Yeah. And this was, pre- Soleil was, pretty, you know, wrote a pretty scathing reaction to it, but now we're going to react to it. Um. It's a long list, Taylor. So so Ellen Chang, she wrote, I don't know how many items, it, right? Like 40-something items. Yeah. Of tips and tricks on how to eat Asian food. Um, I'm just going to read a few, and then we'll have your re- reaction to them. Number one, all of it, all of Asian food, is family style. That's what the Lazy Susan is for. <laughs> Except for Japanese bento boxes. What the fuck? Has she ever had ramen?
0: Yeah. That's so funny. Or pho.
1: Any soup. Any soup. Kanji. No, I guess kanji you can do family style, but who does that?
0: It's funny because when I first read that tweet, um, before I finished it, I was like bento boxes and then she's like except bento boxes like shut up <laughs> <laughs> well, what about like
1: you go to just go to a sushi bar yeah
0: yeah, yeah. no there's you're gonna eat that family style there's plenty of stuff that's sit not at the eating, bar eating family style ridiculous yeah
1: let's keep going there's so many good ones here um number five it does not matter how you hold chopsticks it
0: okay it definitely does matter <laughs> it
1: it matters that it works yeah
0: right like okay like It definitely matters how you use chopsticks.
1: Yeah, I think she's trying to say that it doesn't matter how you make it work,
0: but there's really only one way. Yeah. (laughs) But if you had like two hands and you were doing (laughs) it, (laughs) like you should just get out be escorted out of the restaurant. You stabbing stuff? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, There's so many bad
1: ways to use chopsticks. This is great. Um, Number seven, Thai food is not eaten with chopsticks. I
0: don't understand. I I don't understand the list. Why? Okay. So let's say hypothetically you
1: go to a Thai restaurant.
0: It's not going to be chopsticks there anyway. Yeah. So
1: why would you need to be told like you have your own, like in a holster, (laughs) you
0: bring your chopsticks. But also like, why is it so, uh, like who the fuck cares if you eat Thai food with chopsticks? Well, it's not a big deal. Like there's plenty of shit that you can eat with chopsticks. Just not rice. They're very Yeah, except, <laughs> except for rice. It's a pain in the ass to eat rice with chopsticks, funny enough. <laughs> <That's> the most <laughs> ironic thing. <laughs> and we all like we all pretend that we can. And we're all like <laughs> <laughs> was like grains it's, of rice just... <laughs> ever
1: since you told me... Ever since you said that to me, I just laughed, like... Because it's like... It's like, how did they arrive at... <laughs> it's like, it's like what do we eat the most of? Rice? Oh, okay. We need something to eat it with. About two sticks. Check these out.
0: <laughs> Fuck, they fucking suck. Yeah, they do.
1: Um, if you are some... This is number 11. If you see someone get up from the table when... <laughs> When you are three quarters of the way through a meal, they are likely paying for it. You won't know when the dinner is nearly done, though. What? What is that? What did she just say? I have no idea. What is? What is that? I'm not even going to read it again. We'll listen back to that and try to decide. You know what for. I
0: think it is. I think it's like the uh, trying to pay for a meal before somebody else pays for Does that pays have to do with Asians? I don't know. <laughs> what is that?
1: I don't know. It's not an Asian thing. Exclusively. Um, let's see. Number 23. <laughs> this goes on forever. Asian weddings are great because there is a ton of food and alcohol. Unlike other people's uh, weddings. Yeah. Expect at least eight courses and more. Bring cash as a wedding gift.
0: One, I've never been to an Asian wedding where there's hell of food. And I think I just need better, better, uh, relatives because there's never been a ton of food at these weddings that I <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> haven't been to the right wedding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but also I don't just bring cash <laughs> <laughs> as a present. <laughs> yeah. Here you go. <laughs> That's pretty con- I've seen that a lot. This feels very Chinese focused.
1: Filipino Filipinos,
0: they just give you cash. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. I Mexicans do that too.
0: Right? I have no, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they, they,
1: that's that's the catch to this shows. We're actually pretty ignorant about a lot of things. <laughs> this is we're not ra- we're not Asian experts here. No, not we're not experts on Asianness. Uh, we're we're figuring this stuff <laughs> out as uh, as well ourselves. Um, number twenty eight. Do not flip the fish over. Because it will bring bad luck. Just eat around the bones.
0: I've never heard that shit in my life.
1: Is that like a... I wonder if that's like... Is that a superstition thing? Confucius say. (laughs) (laughs) This lady is crazy. Um, Number 31. There are Chinese vegetarian restaurants. They are quite good. But if you are a vegetarian, the options at a traditional Chinese place can be limited. Even some of the tofu entrees have bits of pork in them.
0: It makes it delicious. Yeah, that's, that one's kind of true. <laughs> like, I hope the so tofu has bits of pork in it. <laughs> I'm not at a vegetarian Chinese restaurant right now. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? The vegetarian Chinese restaurant? I have had some really good. There's one in Oakland. It's just like.
1: But that, but that sounds like it's, that's like a concept
0: it kind of is but i think it's partially uh oh, no i'm not even going to hypothesize so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um
1: i'm going i need to stop this this lady is insane and and i uh, so the thing that the uh, trouble that soleho had with this tweet thread which it keeps going i have more but um is that a lot of it's incorrect and a lot of it doesn't Specify uh, what country or or group right, exactly that she's talking about. Yeah. She mentioned like Thai food or something. Yeah, uh, like they don't. It's the most useless tip ever. You don't eat Thai food with chopsticks. Yeah. Um, but I I think there are, like plenty. I think she mentions in another section. She mentions um most most Asian food is eaten with like chopsticks or something. And mm-hmm. it's like there are so many. Asian countries that don't eat, use chopsticks. Yeah. Like Filipinos definitely don't. Yeah. We use spoons and, and, yeah, and yeah. forks and knives in our hands. Yeah. A lot of Southeast Asian uh, countries do that. Yeah. Uh, it's It's really silly. And this, who is this lady? I wonder, let's look into this lady.
0: Yeah. I don't know why she decided to do this. <laughs> what is this for? <laughs> like, who is this for? Know. I have no idea. She probably just thought, well, she was like, I'm going to educate my stupid white friends. And then is, it, oh, is it
1: for white people? I
0: I think so. It has to be. But she just
1: sounds so deluded that she might think that it's for Asians. Maybe.
0: But I bet a lot of white people looked at that and were like, okay, I'm going to start that's, taking notes. That's what's so
1: scary. Dude. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, or us. I mean, we talked about being uh, del- not the most educated on yeah, Asian we're pretty culture. Ignorant. We're like, Actually. oh, really? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Um, let, let me read a little quote from Soleil. Yeah. Um, this thread, this is a quote. This thread set off a lot of people because it also revealed with full frontal exposure how there are still lots of people out there who should know better than to generalize about the habits of entire continents. Yeah. But do it anyway. <laughs> right. So many people casually conflate the entirety of Asia with its diversity of cultures, with a small sliver of East Asia and that mindset can be applied to much more than food. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, is, this is, I mean, this is classic.
0: Yeah, it even goes back to the, you know, the Asians in the news poverty levels that we talked about. It's like, yeah. it's because we just assign this blanket categorization of people that come from so many different cultures. Right. And so, I mean, so many of the cultures within Asia don't like each other. <laughs> they're like <laughs> i mean they've warred with each <laughs> they've other they've warred with each other and are completely on the opposite ends of you know the cultural spectrum some countries have warred with themselves <laughs> yeah, <'cause> it's <laughs> like so this generalization is just like absolutely insane and i always give people shit if they ever say they're going out for asian mm. food asian uh, food yeah i do however love the new trend that we're seeing now of asian american food that is, it's exciting. Really, really exciting because I do think there is an Asian American identity.
1: It's emerging. Yeah. Cause now, now I think it's a time thing. Cause now all, you know, us first generation, you know, em- or um, Asian Americans are finding our footing here culturally. Yeah. definitely. Starting to define our legacy. That's really, that is really cool. Yeah. Um, what have you, what, what have you seen that's excited you, uh, like restaurant
0: wise? I think Oaks Deli is super exciting. What's Oaks Deli in uh, in uh, Oakland? Um, it's it's just like a regular deli, but it has you know flavors from a lot of dishes that we um, grew up with, uh, incorporated throughout in like these really elegant ways. Um, Veridian Bar, also in Oakland, is another really fucking fantastic restaurant that's. Mm incorporating like all these different flavors that we grew up with. And I think what's interesting is that there's no boundaries of like Japanese influence or Chinese influence or whatever. Right. Um, because I think honestly, like Asian Americans kind of go in and out of each other's households and we eat different foods and we find each other because we're already blanketed as this one culture like you and i for example right like we grew up we were best friends completely different cultures could not get more different than japan and the philippines and the history there. what do you mean <laughs> <laughs> nah. and it could not be more complex right um but we've shared each other's food like it's just this i don't know there is some familiarity there
1: yeah and i think obviously this country you know um rightly or wrongly we're grouped together here totally and that and i think it's beautiful that you know there there are good things and bad things about that yeah but i think asian americans are taking those good things like you know soleil talks about conflation mm-hmm. and um this is like a good conflation what we're seeing with uh asian American, young yeah. asian american chefs what they're doing what they're doing with these food this food Um, Mm -hmm. you know, we don't want to ever hear the word fusion around those places ever, but that's, I mean, that's really what they're doing. Mm -hmm. They're not fusing. I mean, they're just making food that tastes good and they, that they're, and they're using their collective life experience. Right. And that just happens to be Asian. Totally. Yeah. Just making delicious food. I put, I put pepperoncini in my, uh, spam (laughs) masubi. Nice. (laughs) I love (laughs) pepperoncini.
0: Yeah. There you go.
1: Finally, today, I got a tattoo. I got my first tattoo. You did? Yeah. I was. I've been meaning to. I've been not meaning me per se, but for years I've been wanting to get a tattoo. Yeah. Uh, And I finally got one. I I got it on my arm. It's. I just found this cool artist. who was from Phoenix and she happened to be in town mm-hmm. and I liked her stuff. And it was at this like queer owned, uh, women owned tattoo shop. That's right down the street from my grandma's house. Like my family's oh, hub. It's the Excelsior district in San Francisco. I love that neighborhood. Now there's a dope ass tattoo spot there. Nice. And this girl was coming in town and I was like, you know, I'm like, yeah, I'm getting this fucking tattoo. I'm just going to do it. Mm-hmm. And then it's my first one. And I didn't want to like go through a whole, th- you know, a lot of people are, pretty picky about their their first tattoo, which is understandable. Mm -hmm. It's a permanent thing. And it, you want it to mean a lot to you sometimes, or some people do. And that's totally cool. But for me, I just like, now that I've embarked on my journey and we're going to get into Taylor's uh, tattooed (laughs) journey as well. He's Mm -hmm. got pretty cool ones. Um, I just wanted a good first experience with like cool people, cool shop. And I didn't want to get anything that was too like, specific to me like i I, i'm not an artist (laughs) Mm -hmm. i you know these people are artists i'm like you just do your shit i just told this girl um my my daughter's name is lily and my son's name's rocky so if you could incorporate a lily and some rocks into whatever you draw Mm -hmm. that'd be cool and you just go ahead yeah and then she just made something up custom for me and i'm uh, happy with it yeah it was a good experience man
0: yeah yeah no i'm more on that spectrum now like I don't think tattoos need to have meaning behind them anymore. I think when I was younger and I got tattooed first, um, I was more attached to that. It wasn't like I judged people that didn't have meanings behind their tattoos, but I wanted meaning behind my tattoos. Mm -hmm. Now, I feel much less of um, that internally. And I'm just looking at these amazing artist. I'm like, I want some of your art on my body and you do this really well. Right.
1: Exactly. That's exactly where I am. Um, Yeah.
0: So yeah, put that, do your thing. And I want to carry that with me. Um, so that's honestly like, you know, I now have appointments across the country. It's amazing. <laughs> well, first, before, before we get into that, uh-huh. like, d- describe,
1: well, uh, first, I'll describe my ta- my first tattoo. Is d- This girl, she's, I think I should just say her name. Her name's Malia yeah. He. Uh-huh. She's from Phoenix. She's, it was lovely first tattoo experience, so she did a good job. Fine line tattoo. It's a lily that's in a, like a vase, or like a rock vase mm-hmm. that's cracked, water pouring out, and there's rocks at the bottom. It's pretty cool. It's like she like her, she said her style is like desert mysticism or something. Makes I was sense. super into it. So, <laughs> like, yeah, hell yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I'm happy with it. What, it t- uh, describe your tattoos.
0: It's a train. I only have one. It's just really big. You only have one? Yeah, it's just big. I guess I just assumed you had more. No, no. I just have one big one. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> I remember when you first got it. I was so impressed. Yeah, it's, uh, it goes from my back to the bottom of my arm <clears throat> and it's a train. How um, long did it take? <clears throat> not too long. Um like four sessions, four 3-hour sessions so like 12 hours. For a big tattoo that's not too long. But yeah, Jesse Tuesday was the guy that I went to. Um awesome artist, like I couldn't have asked for like a better first uh tattoo experience. Super kind guy um and could talk about absolutely anything and he eventually did the tattoos on my uh on my wife as well oh cool um and she gets stopped all the time about them i don't look as approachable as (laughs) my my partner does so everyone always comes up to her it's like i love your tattoos and i'm always like what about my tattoo? Yeah, it's like same guy did mine. <laughs> I did it first. I did it first. I taught her about that guy. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. You're like jealous of her attention. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, man. Like at this point in my life, I just I had planned, um, back when I got this one to just have it, just to keep on doing it and collecting more and more. Um, but life happened. I had a kid and ran out of, didn't have any money. to. Do They're it. so expensive. Yeah. Um, and right now I'm finally in a position that I'm like, Oh, I can start to do this again.
1: You're planning on getting some more major yeah, pieces on you.
0: Yeah. I pretty much have my whole body planned out at this point. Well, is that right? <laughs> yeah. I'm, wow. I have lots of plans. Um, and like, honestly, part of the experience for me is just meeting these people yeah, and talking to them and, um, because it's an just an amazing profession. It's crazy what they're able to do. Yeah. And honestly, like, yeah, tattoos are expensive, but like they should cost way more money. Yeah. Because yeah. you're basically getting commissioned artwork every time you get a tattoo. <laughs> I do think for me,
1: it was important that I, I didn't want to get like a dumb little tattoo as my first tattoo. I mm-hmm. wanted to get something significant mm-hmm. that was very visible. That was of like an artist that I like and it's their work. It's, you know, um, nothing traditional. I, I think I'm kind of a, you know, I consider myself a, kind of a weird guy. So I wanted mm-hmm. like weird art on me.
0: Yeah.
1: And, uh, I'm with you, man. I'm, I, I think I'm just going to approach this more just as a collector yeah. Find people I'm a fan of collect art. It's, it's exactly the same as my sneaker habit. <laughs> like it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. I'm approaching it the same exact way. You know, it, 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 I'm more interested in the art itself and the cultural aspect of it. Like the meeting with these artists and, you know, talking to other people with tattoos. Yeah. I'm more interested in that than I don't like, I don't have any like custom made sneakers, you know, that only I have, right, 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 right. you know, uh, if, if you get what I'm saying, um, I don't have any hard plans for where I'm going next, but I, I'm, cause I'm just so new to it. I'm just looking at artists and deciding what I like. And, um, right now I'm pretty drawn to like fine line stuff. It's, it just, uh, speaks to me. It's ath- aesthetically pleasing. I don't care if it like it, it, not even just fine line, just any tattoo. I don't care if it about the aging and looking good 10 years from now or whatever. It's not really worried about it. No, it's more about the experience enjoying it while you have it and then getting it done. Uh, that's what I'm looking forward to.
0: But yeah, man, I'm excited. I'm treating it as a, like, so the first ones in Southern California, the next one I'm going to do in Denver. Uh, Oh, That's right. And there's like this really weird pocket in Denver that is just filled with amazing tattoo artists lots of
1: dude i want to come yeah let me come can i come i won't ruin it i promise <laughs> <laughs> i was like no
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna go i'm gonna go check it out i am gonna go check it out uh but there's some people in portland i want to see too um, okay yeah i've started to plot it out that's pretty cool there's man in santa fe there's people all over the country i'm limiting myself to the west coast or the okay. West, Western United States. No
1: New York tattoo, huh?
0: <sighs> Just expensive to get
1: out there. Because a lot of a lot of the I hear I'm, I'm no expert. <laughs> I hear a lot of the the European artists and UK artists they come to New York to do you know like stints yeah. and stuff.
0: <clears throat> yeah, there's a lot of cool European artists that are definitely are developing their own style.
1: Oh, I I did want to mention that. Um, It was cool. I liked that um, my first tattoo was from uh, an Asian-American, Chinese, Um, but it it was really nice to have an Asian-American do my first tattoo. Yeah, that's cool, man. In in my grandma's neighborhood that used to be like the hood, like straight up the hood. Now there's like cool spots popping up, uh, all like minority owned. There's a lot of black people around, a lot of Asian people around, Mexicans. Like it's great. Uh, so I'm I'm glad that my first experience was good, and I I've, I've been so close so many times to just like drunkenly getting a bad tattoo yeah. as my first tattoo. I'm glad I, I did it, that didn't happen that way.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm glad for you. Looks cool,
1: man. Thank you so much. Thank you, man. You look uh, like a bad boy. I'm a, I'm a bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bad boy. Yeah, your sex appeal just went.
0: Bop, 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 bop.
1: You know what? I'll take it there you go I'll take it Uh, guys thanks for joining us it's always a pleasure for uh, this is episode 21 21 getting up there just slowly now we got we've got great music great art yeah the content will catch up
0: eventually (laughs) (laughs) someday but we're well on our way thank you
1: guys if you're listening to this we appreciate it so much I'm Bernard and I'm Taylor and we are your Asian best friends